Welcome into the All-22 Daily. I am Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. We're talking about linebackers today. And uh, while I hear a lot of shade being thrown on this linebacker group, I think there are a lot of guys that uh, that have skill sets that I really like. So I'm excited to talk about them. Ray, I want you to uh, kick us off. I think you got Dayon Henley. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if we like the same guys. Um, but uh, Dayon Henley uh, out of uh, Washington State is a pure coverage profile at linebacker, a true run and hit guy who's a lot of fun to watch. So just going through uh, his measurements here quickly, uh, about six foot and a half, 225 pounds, actually has 33 inch arms, which is, which is really good to see. And you do see that sort of come up on tape, a 4.54 40 yard dash and a 1.55 second, 10 yard split 35 inch vertical jump and a 10 foot, five inch broad jump. All those are really good uh, on both the, the, the runs and the jumps there. So you're talking clearly an athletic undersized type linebacker uh, who is, you know, what you're seeing more and more of these days in the NFL with the, uh, the spread offense pretty much being the base offense nowadays with everything spread out and, and uh, the ball being aired out more than ever before the league is looking for guys like that. Right. So going to the tape uh, you see that profile sort of show up right away. He was actually a a wide receiver early on in college at uh, university of Nevada. And so he's got some ball skills. He's got the range. He's used to playing in space and downfield. So you see good discipline in zone coverage. Uh, he knows what what to look for. He has a good feel for route combos, things like that, uh, when dropping into uh, hook curls and things of that nature. Uh, and also has a good feel in man coverage as far as when to actually go and make a play on the ball, which, again, goes back to sort of those those days as a wide receiver. You see that show up on tape. Um, he has really good closing speed as a blitzer too, and is just overall a high motor player. Uh, if he overruns a play or is, you know, sort of walled off at first and the ball is going to the opposite side of the field, he will still hustle to the ball regardless of circumstance. He is like that, you know, 10 yard pop Warner player that has it drilled into his head from his coach to just run to the ball. He still plays like that childlike kid it's actually really cool to see and and kind of heartwarming in a sense right uh, but uh as far as run defense goes similar to what i mentioned with uh nick herbig from uh wisconsin he has to be a knifer so to speak and he will make plays against the run if he's shooting the gap as opposed to again sort of stacking and shedding and kind of playing head up uh when engaging offensive linemen right um he has some plays, one notably versus Colorado State, where he used his hands to control uh, the wrist of the guard and then a, a quick rip to disengage and make the tackle for a loss. But that's not a consistent part of his game. He has to rely more so on the athleticism if he's going to make a play in the run game. The more traffic that's around him, the less effective he becomes. He's not one to really uh, work through the trash and stick his nose in there to make the play. That's not really the natural part of his game. And he lacks the play strength to, again, stack, shed, disengage, and really sort of bring a thud uh, in traffic on the inside run game. So um, with that said, actually one other positive note, uh, when it came to setting the edge, 
he did a pretty good job of that. I think part of that was just his athleticism to get to the spot first. And then it was just a matter of the, the aggressiveness to maintain his leverage, uh, you know, get, get hip to hip with a pulling guard, for example, uh, lower that shoulder and just keep his leverage and not get walled off. Uh, he did a pretty good job of that. Not someone you want banging heads every, you know, every run play 40 times a game or whatever the case may be, but he kind of shows a willingness. So uh, overall, he's a really fun watch. You love watching him play because he hustles and he's kind of a missile, right? Always sort of moving forward, sometimes a little out of control, but a good athlete uh, who can make plays in space. And I think in the NFL, you're going to want to use him as more of a space player. Um, he'll give you effort and make some plays here and there in the run game. But by and large, this is an athletic backer who you want to just be a run and hit guy and then a coverage guy on, on passing downs. So you're, you're curious if I like him. I really like him. I really, really like him. Uh, and I, I like this linebacker class. Like I know I'm crazy for that, but I do like it. I think there, there's not a ton of depth. I don't think this is like a 10, 15 deep linebacker class, but the top five, I think it's a really fun top five. And and it starts with Henley just as that really great coverage linebacker that you talked about. Um, I'm not giving him a comp, but what, what do you think of this? He's a hyena. This dude is a hyena, right? Like when you, when you think about a guy that's going to go and just like find a corpse and rip its guts out, whatever's left, right? Like that's, that's him. That's what I saw on tape. There, there could be a guy that's that's getting tackled and he's being brought to the down, being brought to the ground, and Henley will come in and just like bang him, right? Rip the ball out, cause a big play that should have just been over, right? And that's kind of what I see, like somebody that feeds on scraps, right? Um, I don't think Henley will ever be the vocal point of a defense. I don't think that's his game. I think he's a really good complementary piece for a defense. I'm not saying he's he can't play four downs or three downs, but I'm saying that, you know, He'll never be the superstar out there, but he's going to be a really, really fun player to have on the field and, and a guy that other people are going to love playing around, right? Because of that energy, because of that motor, because of that heartwarming uh, feel that he gives that you talked about. Like, I love that part of his game. So super excited about him. Um, if I had to guess, I think he ends up going second round. I don't think he falls. I don't think he falls to the fourth round. I mean, he could end up being a third round pick. But I would I would be happy to take a risk on him in the second round of like if my team took him in the second round. I think when you're talking about all 22, uh, I'm a little bit more hesitant on taking a guy like him for some of the reasons. I think Bobby and I talked about it on one of the podcasts, right? The best linebackers grading wise when they're young are typically the bigger guys, right? Because they're not asked to do that much. I think you and I talked about that a little yesterday, too. Um, when you have a linebacker that's that's meant to be put in coverage, uh, they they tend to get asked to do a lot, right? And they get they put them they get put in positions where, like you said, right? The offense will scheme against that, right? They'll they'll option off of it, and they'll they'll be made to look stupid, right? The offenses will make that happen uh, when you're when you're that smaller linebacker. I think that happens more often. So with that, I'm going to move to the big linebacker, my guy, Captain Jack Campbell. Okay, Captain okay. Jack Campbell. All right. Um, he's that old school instinctual linebacker and I already wrote about him. So I'm going to steal a lot of what I wrote. So just a heads up, but he's that old school instinctual linebacker that comes downhill fast. He hits with everything he has. And I love that. Right. There's a play against South Dakota state where, uh, it's a run play coming out of their own end zone and against Jack who? South Dakota state. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> just relax. relax okay. <laughs> 
he he hits the running back in the end zone for a safety, but that's not all, right? He grabs the running back by the shoulder pad and he drags the guy two yards into the end zone, right? So it's that it's that dick butt kiss NFL tapes film that you want to see where Dick Buckus was just ripping the dude's helmet off his off of his face, right? I think Jack Campbell has a little bit of that in him, and I love that, right? He's a brutal playmaker. His game is disciplined, though. He is patient on his reads. He keeps gap integrity. He rarely over-pursues. Uh, but when he comes, he comes really hard, um, especially against the run. So just look at – relax. Just look at his, uh, his goal line stand against Kent State. Uh, where he he has a big pop, and uh, Kent State is driving into the end zone, right? He comes up, fills, and makes a big pop, and ends up, the guy ends up fumbling. The running back fumbles, uh, Iowa recovers, right? And it's a momentum-changing play. That's the kind of player he is. He is a momentum-changing player for a defense. Uh, I'm talking a lot about his run game, right? But in the passing game, he's even better, right? He is fantastic when he needs to be get to a position quick. Uh, there's a play against Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, right? Uh, Jack Campbell starts off, uh, you know, reading. He he recognizes that it's a pass play. He goes into the the. Uh, what are you, you're giggling a lot over there, buddy. He goes. No, into- I, I I'm 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 agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I just you know okay. you you're talking to me about South Dakota State and Kent State, and now you bring up Ohio Relax. State. Finally. Ohio State. So just, Ohio State. Yeah, finally, all right, go ahead. This Jack is Campbell. This is what I came for. Jack Campbell. He goes into the flat, right? He reads it. He, re- he goes to his spot. He goes to the flat. There's nothing there, right? He's instinctual enough to then drop back into the the uh, curl, curl area. And then he starts dropping back further into kind of like that tight end streak area, right? CJ Stroud takes a risk trying to get it to his tight end. Campbell goes up with one hand, tips it to himself, and comes down with the pick. He makes a play on the ball, a play that he had no, no right to make, right? And that's the kind of player, again, that Campbell is. Um trying to think of some other situations. I saw another one against Minnesota. Minnesota, is that good enough for you? But uh, against Minnesota, you see him You see him again just make a really great play on a ball where he, uh, he ends up coming away with it and then takes it back 75 yards for a pick six, right? He is athletic enough that at 250 pounds, he's able to take a play, uh, a pick, 75 yards for a touchdown. Okay, so now just going to more of his kind of grading, right? Iowa rarely plays underclassmen. So Campbell, uh, he had two years, right, to showcase what he can do. And in those two years, he definitely left his mark, right? 900 snaps as a junior. And then as a senior, he had an 87 run defensive grade and even better 92.9 coverage grade. That was good for first among all linebackers. First among linebackers at 6'5", 250 pounds. So that's kind of the athleticism that Campbell really brings. He finished in the 90th percentile in the three cone drill and broad jump and had a very good vert 10 yard split and 40 time as well. So if you can't tell, I'm pretty passionate about this guy. Yeah. I like, I like Jack Campbell a lot too. Um, not for what he does against South Dakota state, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think his play resembles that when it comes to, to coverage ability, that of a much smaller player, but he's 6'5", 249. Um, I think as a zone coverage player, he's fantastic. I think if you were to ISO him in man, you could have some trouble. I don't think he's that guy in the NFL to keep up uh, in man coverage assignments with some of these tight ends uh, or these running backs out of the backfield. I think 
in zone coverage, it's hard to throw over a guy like Jack Campbell because he has that length. He's again, six, five as a linebacker with good straight line speed. Um, but I, I did see some uh, when it comes to sort of being a sideline to sideline type defender. I thought that was a little lacking, which is again, you're, you're kind of nitpicking because if you're picking someone who's six, five, 250 pounds, uh, uh, you're not really expecting him to be a sideline to sideline runner, right? You're, you're there for his physicality, uh, for him being sound in the run game, working through trash and things like that. And he does that and then brings more versus the pass, which is, which is what you described there, uh, as well. So yeah, I think, I think he's a great player. I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, I think he's someone that the Iowa defense is really going to miss next year because even though he's just an off-ball linebacker, I think he was – you mentioned how Dan Henley might not be sort of the cornerstone of a defense. Well, Jack Campbell is, right? He is that that glue guy that keeps the offense off schedule on first and second downs. Uh, And then, again, if you are going to attack him in the pass game – it can't be vertically. You, you got to go sideline to sideline there. And, but you know that, and that's what the rest of the defense is for. So if that's your man in the middle, I think you're off to a great start. Uh, I like him a lot. Also uh, pretty sure he's only 22 years old or so. He's not one of these 24 year olds that we're seeing in the draft this year uh, with COVID and everything, giving everybody an extra year. So yeah, I like his profile a, a whole lot. There's one thing you didn't mention that I literally thought you would absolutely mention. And that's that Henley while he's six feet tall, he has 33-inch arms, right? Campbell being six, almost 6'5", six has 31-inch arms. So just a little positive for Henley, right? And kind of goes to why he's so good in coverage, right? Because like he does have some weird length, and he, he's freaky. Like he's a freaky mm-hmm. kind of athlete. Yeah, but but Campbell's head is like way up here in coverage. I was like, you still can't really see over him, you know? Yeah. He's still, yeah. His helmet is still in the passing lane. Yeah, I was going to say something wild, but I'm just going to contain myself. Yeah, don't. Why don't you... Uh, you already did. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, kick kick, your, kick, kick <laughs> off um, your next guy, uh, Drew Sanders. Yeah. yeah, so Drew Sanders from Arkansas. A guy who, as I was watching, my opinion of him changed like two or three times. Uh, and I think I ultimately was able to settle on him. So he's a bit of a throwback with an interesting story. So... Um, he was uh, basically an edge rusher at Alabama, transferred to Arkansas prior to this year, and played, and then transitioned to a more off-ball linebacker role, and that was it. And then declared for the NFL. So, as far as like a true off-ball linebacker, he really has one year of experience. I mean, he did it now and again at Alabama, right? That you know, defenses are multiple in that regard. But as far as being a full-time linebacker, he is very new to the position. So uh, with that, we talked about Jack Campbell and his his big frame. Uh, Drew Sanders is a little over 6'4", 1'8", uh, 235 pounds, so not quite as stout uh, weight-wise, uh, 32 and 1'8", inch arms, and 9 and 3 quarter uh, hand size. So uh, that's a little bit above average, arm length a little bit below average for a linebacker, but in, into the range around that baseline. So uh, overall, you- pretty big frame. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you a question because I remembered what crazy thing I was going to say. And I'll say it about Drew Sanders too. When I was watching mm-hmm. these guys' tapes, all I was thinking was if this was 1999, these would be juiced up dudes. Like they would have been put on the juice and they'd be coming out. And Drew Sanders would not be this like lengthy kind of guy. He'd probably be all like muscled up and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, probably. And then they would have gotten hurt. So, 
uh, instead they're on a plant-based diet and they don't eat dairy and that's fantastic for them. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, to the tape, right. He has, you see the size on tape, you see, Oh, this is a, this is a big linebacker. He's bigger than the other linebackers on the field. Uh, and he shows good lateral movement sort of off the jump, which is good to see, right? Because sometimes with, with, uh, big linebackers, if they have tight hips and they don't really move well, uh, side to side, that can be an issue, especially with the way running, uh, yeah, offenses are, and especially run games too, uh, nowadays with, with all the different motions and things of that nature. So, um, that's check one. He's a good pass rusher, but could stand to more often attack the shoulder of the blocker. And he kind of too often rushes head on. Uh, and I wasn't sure if that was due to sort of how the Arkansas defense used him, where he did a lot of his uh, blitzing and rushing uh, right up the middle. And with their alignment, they have basically three down linemen, uh, the center's covered, and then you kind of have both linebackers over the guard, uh, like directly over the guards. So uh, it could just be a, a product of how he was used, uh, though I did think going in with him being or having a history as an edge rusher, I expected to see more sort of edge rushy type rushes, if that makes sense. And I really did. And I saw more of like just kind of a head up bull rush. And I was like, OK, that's, that's a little bit of a change up against a guy who weighs probably 65 pounds heavier than you do. Um, so he has a good feel in zone coverage. Uh, as well, he reads the eyes of the quarterback while gaining depth, which, uh, Chris, you know this, uh, but for our listeners, during the NFL season, at least once a week while we're watching a game, I will text you and Bobby, get depth in your drop because there will be a pass that probably was thrown late on a comeback or something towards the sideline that a flat defender could not get under in time and make a play on that they otherwise should have. So that I'm a big stickler for getting depth in your drop. And Drew Sanders does that pretty well. And again, we're talking about an edge player now dropping into coverage. So I was pleasantly surprised at that. Um, he's also pretty heady as a player overall. Uh, against Ole Miss, uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss ran like this sort of dummy pull. They had two linemen uh, pulled to the left and then ran a toss to the running back off of right tackle. So it was essentially just a misdirection to kind of screw with the linebacker's keys. Drew followed his keys and the misdirection worked. Uh, and then a few plays later, they ran it again to the opposite side. And uh, Drew saw it the whole way and just came flying downhill and actually made a play on the, on the running back. So uh, this is all within maybe a series and a half of game time, if that. So again, you need to do that. You need to adjust on the fly, especially in the NFL. And he showed me that, which again, we're talking about someone who's young at the linebacker position. Um, he has a quicker second step than his first. Not sure what to make of it. Just thought it was a good note uh, and a good push pull move when blitzing, but he's a spotty tackler, very hit and miss. Uh, I saw him miss at least three or four tackles in just two quarters uh, of play uh, more than once. Um, inconsistent hands at times he gave too much chest to the blocker and he paid for it. He would get ridden out, um, in those instances. So, and then again, I would watch and just sort of going through some stream of consciousness notes. I wrote down again, missing too many tackles can afford to tighten it up, but he's also getting to the spot and he's not getting washed. So to sum it all up, I'm basically looking at a 6'4", 235-pound linebacker who moves well enough and brings you some pass rush capability and is also making plays in coverage. 
So I'm like, I kind of like all that. And if the only issue is inconsistent tackling, it's not that that's not a big issue because you're a linebacker, you have to tackle. But it could be, again, he's not used to playing this position. He's not being used to being put into these spots, right? To to make a tackle with, with a guard hanging over your inside shoulder and you're trying to sort of squeeze the gap and then make a play uh, on the running back. He's not used to that. He's used to coming off the edge and going up against offensive tackles with a little more room to work with and, and things of that nature. The blocker doesn't really have a full head of steam. So I kind of came away more optimistic about him than I thought I would as I was watching his tape because I noticed he wasn't slow to the ball. He was getting to the ball and then it was just a matter of finishing the play. And with him being so new to the position, that gives me hope. It's one of the reasons why I don't understand why people are so down on this linebacker class because I think when you look at guys like Campbell and Sanders, the the instinctual play that they play with is far greater than a lot of the guys that have been hyped up in past years. Um, and I think that's special. Yeah, he, he he's not a full developed linebacker yet, but he has linebacker instincts that are not easy to come by, right? He gets to the plays. He might he might not make the tackle yet, but he's he's getting to the play. And that's something that I, I noticed too. Um, one of my one of my biggest positives for him, I think you mentioned it pretty early on and with, with what you were saying is that because he was an edge, he actually has sneaky kind of sideline to sideline range skill that I think even might be better than Campbell's. Um, Other things I liked. So you said you don't see a lot of the edge stuff in, in uh, like you expected to see more of it. But one of the things I did see similar to Foskey that we talked about yesterday is you see him kind of like, gobble people up like he when he does come as a blitzer he likes to finish that way right like he finishes really hard um and it's and it's again just something that i think comes with the instinctual type of player that he is uh with what you said about him not making all of the tackles in the run right part of me thinks that's a frame issue and that's my biggest knock on him and why i don't have him higher on my like rank list that we'll talk about at the end of the week but I, I, I worry about him not being able to be strong enough making plays, right? His, his height is 96th percentile at linebackers. His weight is 33rd. That's, that's a disparity that I don't love, especially at the linebacker position and what we've seen be successful in the NFL at linebacker. But as I kind of joked about earlier, I think back in the day, they would have just juiced him up and it'd be no problem. All, all I think it means here is that in you know we might have to wait two years till he starts to really fill out that frame because he is he's a young kid, but in two years in the NFL, I heard somebody saying Russell Wilson right he came out at like two oh five or something and now he's like two twenty five right like a quarterback puts on twenty pounds. I definitely think Sanders will be able to do that with his frame and his height, and I think it'll really help him in the, in the run game become a better and more complete player. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you have him? I mean, you, we neither of us, or at least I don't. I'm pretty sure you you don't either. But uh, as far as finalized rankings go, but would you have him in your top uh, 35? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, and I and I'll say I'm waiting to do it because I wanted to go through this complete exercise. Since I've I've watched everybody, I'd say two times through already. Now we're doing this where I'm starting to kind of like write about it and think about it a little bit more seriously. 
and it, it it helps you uncover some things. I don't know if you feel that way too, but it definitely helps you see some things that like maybe you weren't looking for, right? Because putting what you see into words is difficult, but it's also like, oh shoot, like that's what I was seeing. And now I can like, oh, I didn't realize I was seeing that. Or like, that's what I was seeing. Now when I write about it, it's like, oh wait, but that's something I love about linebackers. Like, and this dude has it. So hmm, maybe I should rank him higher. Uh, I felt that way yesterday when we were going through some of the edge rushers. Um, you know, when I was thinking about when I put my initial rankings out on the website, it's kind of like, hmm, do I love what I put there? Did I do that a little too early? So I'm excited now that we're going back and, you know, I can maybe change it up a little bit. So I, I don't know yet, but I'll I'll have a decision by the end of the week. Okay, that that's fair. Watching more of the off. I think I, I think I, I would firmly have in my top thirty-five, um, but similar to kind of what you mentioned, like even just watching these offensive guards, I was like, I'm probably I, I could probably be a little bit nicer to Peter Skaronsky, um, but he still should be a center. But yeah, I, I, uh, we'll see at the end. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about that more when we do our kind of mock draft. Yeah, but when I hear all the hype about kind of him being a top ten pick in this draft, and I just think about like. Quentin Nelson being the generational talent that he was kind of marketed to be and, and the success that the Colts have had, right? It's kind of like, I just don't know if I could ever use a top 10 pick on a guard, but okay, we, we're, we're going off the rails. Last yeah, but not that. least. No, that's all right. I, I love it. I love it. It's great conversation. But I'm going to talk about Trenton Simpson now. And I will say that when I first did my rankings, it was before the combine. It was just film-based, right? Trenton Simpson was my number one linebacker purely on tape, purely on tape alone. Then we get the combine results. And I think, you know, I watched film again and he, he moved down a little bit from there, but he is a really another stud that's coming out of that Clemson defense. Right. We talked about two guys yesterday. We're talking about another one today. We talked about per se a couple days ago there, that, that Clemson defense was really underrated. And Simpson kind of profiles again as that rangy kind of pass first linebacker, speed first guy, um, kind of similar to Henley that we were just talking about before. He'll be 22 years old when the season starts. So he's currently 21. He's just over 6'2 and weighs 235 pounds. Uh, at the combine, he managed 25 reps on the bench press, had a 4'4'3'40, which is absolutely insane, and a 1.5510 split again, pretty insane. Uh, he has three years of experience and roughly 1,500 snaps. Love to see that. I think that's kind of like my my new minimum when I'm when I'm looking at these players. Like, I really like guys that have tape. You know, they've they've played snaps. They have tape. Um, 1,500 is kind of that like that that line for me. If you're under that, I start to worry. But if you're over that, I feel pretty good about you. So he he meets that mark. Uh, he showed promise as a pass rusher as a sophomore. He had an 87-point run one grade, but kind of failed to repeat that success as, as a junior last year. He was used a lot in coverage and was essentially an average coverage grader from a PFF per percentage uh, perspective, excuse me. And one of the weird things that I saw on his tape that I absolutely loved is he is one of the best spy linebackers I've seen, right? So they often asked him when he was dropping into coverage to keep an eye on the quarterback and be the guy that comes off of coverage to come downhill and make a play on the quarterback to corral him. Um, he does that as well as anyone I've ever seen, right? His speed will play at the next level. In college, it's kind of like a cheat code having that kind of speed because you're basically 
two steps faster than the the guy you're going against, right? So I think that that will play at the next level and will help him kind of repeat that success. And I've I've been into this kind of one word thing where I'm I'm giving everybody that one word. I said hyena for Henley. And on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, Simpson, I have that he's a shepherd. Kind of a weird thing to say about a linebacker. But what I mean by that is watching him is it, it looks like he's corralling sheep, right? Like he is the guy that's that's meant to go and just make everything come back. Sorry, I hit my mic. Make everything come back to center, right? He's going to go and find the the, the lost sheep and bring them back home. And that's, that's the way he plays football. And I think it, it does really well in the run game. It helps him clean up plays and keep things tidy. In coverage, I don't like it as much. And it was probably my biggest knock on him and his film is that if you're playing the role of Shepard in, in pass coverage, it probably means that somebody caught the ball and you're now cleaning it up. It means that you probably did not make a play at the catch point and you did not try to make a play on the ball in the air. Um, and I didn't really see that a whole lot on his tape. And with his speed and with his agility, I expected to see that a lot more. And also with the amount of snaps that they put him in coverage. Um, so interesting to me, I think he shows a lot of promise as a pass rusher that I didn't expect, especially at his size. I don't know how well that will translate. Um, I expect him in the NFL to be that kind of rangy linebacker uh, and to be really successful at the next level. I think he just needs to develop more in coverage with the speed that he has. Yeah, I struggle with him a bit because everything that I saw that impressed me on tape and a lot of what you mentioned goes back to his athleticism and him being a great athlete doing it. So I almost wondered, is he an athlete playing football? Because even in coverage, he's great in man coverage. In zone is where he struggles and where he's late. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes you have a bit of an advantage and it can be a bit unfair when you're watching, you know, the sky cam and everything. And you're like, Hey, like, okay, now trigger, go downhill, cut that off. And, and he doesn't, but it, it seems like he was just a step, sometimes even a step and a half late to make a play when in zone. And so I'm, I sit here and I go, okay, is this someone who can't process the game quick enough? And can he fix that or when that gets tougher in the NFL, is he going to be relegated to just again, a strict coverage player? And if so, he's still going to have to get better when it comes to zoning up because you have to do more than chase down, you know, quarterbacks on a green dog call when you're a spy or a blitzer. Um, mm -hmm. If the back stays in to, to block on a third down and, you know, just, line up against the tight end and just chase him in man coverage. You have, you have to be more well-rounded than that. And I'm not sure if, if that's going to click for him, it can. And if it does, it's great because he's got the traits and you see it on tape, his athleticism flashes consistently. Mm -hmm. It's just, he needs to be able to, to lean on more than that. And I was hoping to see a little bit more just, plays where you have to recognize and then go make the play. I don't need to see you jump a ride even for a pick six. Or I just need to see you recognize and trigger. And I feel like I didn't see that enough or very much at all. It was always reactionary when he was going backwards as a player. And that, that scares me. 
I agree with you. And that's why I think on my initial rankings, I had him right behind Campbell and pretty high up on our linebacker list of like kind of the all 22 era. I don't know if as I watched him more and more, I felt the same way because of that lack of maybe instinct that even a guy like Drew Sanders, who hasn't played linebacker that long, seems to have over Simpson. Yeah, sometimes it's just a feel thing. Sometimes it's just a feel thing. And I think when I think about him going to the next level, um, his speed will help him. It will totally help him, but he's going to be asked to do a lot, right? And that's that conversation we keep going through is, what is he going to be asked to do? He's going to be asked to cover really fast running backs out of the backfield and really athletic tight ends. And I don't know if he has the natural instinct to do that. I think about him going against an Alvin Kamara um, who's going to be, you know, in jail. Okay. We had Sorry. to go there. All right. So Jameer <laughs> Gibbs, you know, he's going to have to go against a Jameer Gibbs and that guy's going to, that guy's going to make some moves on him that I think are just, again, if he's slow to recognize, it's going to be really hard for him to keep that, that focus and, and track a guy like that. Where would I like to see him go and succeed? That's, I guess, the question I have for you. Like, where will he go and be successful? It's it's hard for me to name a situation and go, okay, great, yeah, he should go here. Because I think what happens with a guy like, like Simpson is his speed buys him time. Mm-hmm. And so wherever he goes, it's not about where they are today. It's about where they are in year three, in 2025, and heading into that year. What is that defense around him going to look like? And what is his game going to evolve into? Um, it, it's kind of like the the kid that's like really smart, doesn't really study much, gets good grades, goes to college, still doesn't really study much, get, gets good grades, and then gets gets a real-world job. And it's like, okay, that those smarts bought you time, but now now life hits now reality hits his speed is going to buy him some time but reality is going to hit after year two and then it's a matter of did it click for him and did he evolve his game enough to where he can be effective because if so if the answer is yes you got the complete package and it's possible it's not i didn't see the game being too big for him i saw it being a little too fast for him sometimes it slows down for guys sometimes it doesn't so I, I don't think it's fair or I wouldn't feel comfortable in saying, hey, a certain situation as I see the league today is where he should go because I think regardless of where he goes, he's going to be biding some time and it's all about where things end up in 2025 for him. So I think you actually said more than you think you did and and I like what you said because it made me think, okay, what if you went to like the Saints, right? To a team that has a guy like Demario Davis who – one of all 22's favorite players, shout out to Demario Davis, um, who is that really instinctual player who plays with speed, who's not, you know, he's not the biggest guy on the field by any means. I think he actually probably profiles pretty close in size to what Simpson does, who can maybe just be that mentor to him. And I, I, I say that, I say that kind of maybe a little too often because I don't know if there's a lot of guys out there that really are, you know, who knows if tomorrow Davis wants to mentor some kid. Right. And I know that like Aaron Rodgers isn't doing that. So who knows, you know, who knows, but I think on a team like the saints who are trying to kind of bring in some youth and might be trying to kind of uh, flip the script a little bit. Right. And, and get, and continue their success and not let it just like 
be like, oh, time to rebuild. I think bringing in a guy like Simpson could go a long way and help kind of keep things going, right? If he, if he learns for a year or two behind Davis and gets some time here and there, some some playing time, that could be a great fit for him. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, you took it off field, which I think is is good, and that's and is a salient point. So something like that could probably have a bigger impact than whoever the heck is lining up at D tackle in front of him in twenty twenty three and four. Agreed. But all right, let's let's not go on too long, right? It's supposed to be a daily, right? We relax, okay? Relax. It's exciting. I could talk all day about these guys. We're on the defensive side of the ball. This is the fun side of the ball for this draft class. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why it's so hard to stop. But we have to. Tomorrow will be corner which is actually what ray and i both played so another one that we'll be pretty passionate about so tune back in tomorrow but thank you for tuning in today if you haven't yet please give us a follow on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at all 22 underscore pff and leave us a review wherever you uh watch or listen to your podcast uh thank you everyone for tuning in